Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Father, thank you for your mercy, for your love and your patience that you have for me. God, I pray that you help me to share what you have shown me this week. Uh, please, God, take control, uh, take over of what I'm going to share today. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we say amen. So um, so we all have been blessed this week, this month uh, with the worship. The worship this month has been amazing with a wonderful uh, message but also from the love from our pastor. So thank you for those beautiful gifts. Thank you so much for everything you do. So this month, the title, and I know at this point you're tired of the, tired of the title, but was I Am Women. And I repeated myself so many days uh, the, the, the title, I Am Women. And when I uh, hear, or for me, I Am Women, for me is that, okay, I am a fighter. I am a strong woman. I am a resilient. But also, I had to recognize when I say I am women, it's things that I don't like about myself. So I am a crier, and that is true. Sometimes I feel like I, ha- I have a leak or a direct line to my eyes because I cry a lot. And when I am crying, I, was, I, am, I am crying, I am struggling because I don't want to cry. I feel that I am a strong woman and I'm there like crying like a baby. But when I say I am woman, I am saying that I don't react to life the same way that my husband would react. And when I say I am woman, I see myself now. I see myself what I became at 35 years old. I see myself as a mom, as a wife, as a daughter, as a sister. I see myself as a professional. I just finished my, my master's degree in finance. I see that I have a great job that gave me the opportunity to travel to more than 10, 15 countries. So I see what you see in front of you today. But I cannot ignore all that I went through to be able to say today with joy, I am woman. And I want to share a picture. Can you please put a picture? That was me when I was five years old. And that's, this picture was taken when I was singing at my childhood uh, church. For those that have been in church for so long, you remember a part of the service outline, we had a pastor saying, hey, somebody have a testimony or something. And that was me. Every Sunday raising my hand because I wanted to sing a song. And I sing a song until the people were tired of me singing, but I was me there singing. And I don't know what you see in this picture, but let me tell you something. That was my Sunday best because the rest of the week I was a mess. I had dirt in my face and my knees. I was a mess growing up. And that dress is a little bit small for me because uh, I have a, a big family. So our tradition, I don't know if you can relate with me, but we had to pass the clothes onto our younger sisters so I had three other sisters so that's either my sister Esther my other sister Esther's favorite dress but because when that dress that got to me was too short or and that maybe that's true that was my favorite dress because I refused to pat that dress to my baby sister uh, Cecia 
So I grew up in Mexico, and Mexico is um, between a third world country and a developing country. And I'm not saying that every Mexican has the same story as mine, but unfortunately, this is my story. And at the time of that picture, I didn't have a room. I didn't have a bed. We slept on the floor. I didn't have TV. I didn't have Christmas presents, kids. I never have a birthday cake. But I don't want you to feel bad because those days were the best of my life. I was happy. I was I had fun growing up, and I lacked so many things in my life, but never, never felt that I was poor. And I have five brothers and four sisters, and we were able to make our own soccer team, baseball team, volleyball team, So, and we all competitive. You know me. So we had a blast growing up, and we had a lot of fun. But unfortunately, when I was almost turned six years old, my, my dad got sick and our life changed a little bit, uh, got a little bit more complicated. So my dad left to stay with his mom. And um, after he got better, he got tuberculosis uh, when I was six years old. After he got better, he made his own decisions and he stayed with my grandma. And his decisions affected my mom, my family. And he came back for a certain period of time, but mostly I grew up alone with my mom. And I suffered a lot because I love my dad. And I don't know, the people that's close to me, they know that I love my dad and I grew up missing him. But we never stopped loving him, respecting him, and it's something that we learn in church. Honor your father and your mother. So my childhood was full of inconvenience. We had to work uh, to help with the necessities at home. I work at the... When I was seven at the local store, sweeping the floors, doing things around. We worked with a neighbor like shelling corn or pumpkins. We did a lot of stuff. So adding to the inconvenience that we already had, we had the extended family. The extended family that became to being aggressive with us, verbally, sexually. And that was the moment when I started knowing pain and suffering. Now when I they had nothing to eat, that was the moment. And then I remember my other family, my church family, a church family like Scarlet knows. And I grew up in this Pentecostal church full of loving people. And I remember that this, that church had the same core values of this church, why I love and I stay and I want my kids to grow in this church. And then the other day I was in the Nexus room. Can you put the next picture? And I, I read one of the team core values that say, Every child will live someday. Every child will live someday. And the way that I understand this phrase is that we need to be mindful how we treat our kids because they're going to grow up. And then we have the responsibility in our hands to love them, to respect them, to treat them, to pour into their lives. And that phrase, when I read that phrase, brought so many, so many memories to my mind. People from church that treated me with so much respect, with so much compassion. When my extended family was abusing me, those people were loving me. And I remember that in their own struggles, the ladies from the church will always find a way to bless my family, to bless my mom. And sometimes the lady will be bringing tomatoes, eggs, just in time when we didn't have nothing left to eat. And I remember even when I turned seven, the church from the my church family 
organized a birthday party for me. And that was maybe my only birthday party. And I still remember that day as I was today. So I remember other sisters from the church, and we called them sisters and brothers. I don't know if you remember those days. But Sister Blasita, Hermana Blasita, one day she said, after school, I want you to come to my house. I said, okay. So I went to her house, and she was waiting with um, 30 bunches of cilantro. And she said, I want you to sell that for me. And I was like, okay, I have a new job. So, okay. So I went house by house selling those cilantro bunches. And after four or, I don't know, three or four hours, I came back with an empty bag and a hands full of Mexican pesos. And she said, let's count the money. And we count the money. Also, she teach me some math. And she was like maybe 60 years old. So she said, this is the money and this is the 10% of all this money. And she said, this money, you're going to save it for Sunday. And the rest of the money is yours. And I was expecting a couple of pesos because the people from the, the store, they gave me like five pesos, like something, there was nothing. But she said, the rest of the money is yours and we will do this tomorrow. And I remember I came back to her house every single day until the cilantro was gone for the season. And in that spring season, that lady, that lady helped me to have an extra money for the family, but also she teach me a principle that I follow until today. Because from that day, I never, never start giving my 10%. And I didn't learn that from the pastor. I learned that from a lady in her house. And life went by days better than others. Others at some point we moved to the city because my, my older brother were uh, in the city because in that town that we grew up, they only have, we have um, middle school. We didn't have nothing after middle school. And then my mom bought this new house, the new property. So um, because it was a new community, we didn't have electricity for maybe uh, four or five years. So I graduated high school as the valley Victorian, doing my homework with candles. At night, doing my homework with candles. And the heat, in Mexico, the heat is not a joke. So we didn't have a, at least a fan. We didn't have electricity for at least a fan. But I remember that was all their uh, adventures for the family because we didn't have a light. We will be outside at the light of the moon with my brother that we were already teenagers, older, were more uh, in their 20s. And we would spend hours laughing and joking. And then I went to college, education that I had to pay in cash. We don't have loans in Mexico. So you had to pay up front to go to school. So I had a full-time job, and then at night I went to school. My, my days were from 4 in the morning to 12 at night. And after five, four, four and a half years, I graduated as an engineer with a lot of honors and recognitions. And at the same time, I already have a wonderful, a wonderful job. But then I decided to come to visit my brother to Delaware, and I made my husband. And we haven't married since then. We have been so happy, but we had confronting a lot of struggles in our marriage and our life from immigration um, process, learning a new language, and after all the recognition in Mexico, I found myself cleaning homes for a living. And then after that, God blessed me with a, a wonderful engineering job. And then two months, uh, two months after, my husband was in bed with, without to walk because he had an MS relapse. And in 11 years, we have found ourselves with our ups and downs. And when I say I am woman, I'm saying I'm full of stories, full of good moments, but full of sacrifice, full of pain. The thing is that because I grew up in church, I found always the need to hide my suffering. 
because I call myself a Christian and I need to make sure that everything is okay. But I have been in church all my life and I have confronted a lot of uh, pain, disappointment, sometimes confusion. Even sometimes I feel that God don't answer my prayers or the things are not the way that I want them to be. So today I know in this room we have a room full of stories and I can see faces, I can see who you became today, but behind you is a lot of stories. And maybe you're asking yourself, what is the point of serving Jesus if I'm still going through a lot of pain? But I'm sorry, but today I'm not bringing a message that's going to turn your life around and everything is going to be fine. I don't have a prayer like that because I will be lying to you. But I want to read a passage in the Bible from, with, between Jesus and a lady. And sometimes in my life, I have felt that way. And I, but I understood that it's beauty, it's hope in the midst of my suffering. And I have cried a lot of tears, more than I needed. I can recognize that. But today, because all of that today, I can say, I am woman. So as if I feel it's important that we learn from the moments of pain, from the tears, the disappointments, and not allow suffering to take us by surprise any longer. Because if we don't learn from that, we are going to continue confronting things in our lives. And we're going to continue to get blinded by the tears, by the pain, and lose sight of what is in front of us. To lose the opportunity to turn our tears to joy, our tears to purpose. So today I want to call this message, From Tears to Joy. And let's go to John 20, 15, 18. And this is the passage I was talking about. I say, dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She told he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you had taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried, Rabboni, that is a teacher in Hebrew. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. For I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go. Don't cling to me, but go. Go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and you Father, to my God and you God. And Mary Magdalene. She found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord that she gave them his message. In the passage that we just read, we see how Mary, Mary thought that she lost Jesus. But she didn't lose Jesus. She only lost the outlet that she knew Jesus. And I believe when Mary was looking for, when she was looking for the body, she was looking for the body only to keep crying and weeping. She was not ashamed of her desperation and, and sadness. And I'm not sure you know about Mary, but as I said before, everybody had their own story. And Mary, Mary was raised in a small fishing place called Magdala. And this place was a place that received men that had been for uh, a long journey that those men came to dock the boat to Magdala. And Mary grew up in a place that was known by two things, fishing and prostitution. And I can't imagine what happened to Mary in that place. No wonder she has so many demons. All, after all that she went through. But in the Bible, we, we, we read and we understand that Jesus found her. Jesus delivered her. Jesus delivered her from the demons that possessed her. And Mary Magdalene 
never left Jesus. From the moment she was delivered, she was with Jesus. Remember, Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter denied him, but you read the Bible. Mary was there since the moment that she got delivered until the end of Jesus' journey here on earth. So in the verses that we just read, we can see how Mary was willing to suffer for Jesus. Mary was now unfamiliar with pain and suffering. Suffering is such a part of life because we live in this fallen world. We cannot expect nothing good from this earth. So you will experience suffering even if you are walking with God or not. So, but this when you're suffering with God, he calls all things to work, to work together for your good. And she found something that was worth suffering for. Sometimes we don't mind to suffer for things that don't add value to our lives. We don't mind to suffer for things that don't add peace, don't add salvation to our lives. Before Mary, Mary and Jesus, she was suffering for something that was killing her. And she wanted to be delivered because her, her suffering was not producing anything. You need to make sure that your suffering is connected with God. If your suffering is not connected with God, maybe you are just in a toxic relationship. And Mary found something that she was suffering that led to glory, that led to joy. Jesus himself suffered at the cross for glory and salvation. My husband last month shared about our experience with our son and Maya. And when my son and Maya got um, sick, our life changed forever. And I remember when I took my son to the hospital, he fainted as soon as we got to the hospital. And soon after that, he was diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes. His pancreas wasn't working. His glucose level was up to the roof that that machine was not able to read his levels. And I had to see my son in pain. I had to wait at the ICU unit waiting for words. And my son was in this treatment that he was not able to at least drink water. And when you have diabetes, you are thirsty. So he was crying. He needed my help. But the most difficult moments for me was to having to leave the hospital with this new diagnosis. And you need to remember that my husband already, already deals with multiple sclerosis. So in my little plan, I always share with people. I had two boys because God knew that I was already facing a lot of things in my life. So God gave me two boys. I don't have a daughter because I needed those muscles. Because if something happened with my husband, they're going to help me. And I'm there crying, God, where is my plan? And we were in the middle of the pandemic. That was June 2020. And I was working full-time. I was a full-time student. And now I'm facing this. Now I'm leaving the hospital like with a newborn that needed a new attention, a new diet, a new routine. And to be honest, I wanted to leave the hospital and call my family and friends and say, hey, we were at the hospital and we had hard days, but now we have a miracle. And we're going home. I like those kind of stories. And I suffered a lot in my life, but in this time, I was in my mother's shoes. I had to be strong for my son. I had to make his life the best, even the circumstances. The same my mom made, made my life the best, even when we had nothing to eat. And you need to understand, as believers, you are suffering for something that's going to work for you good. Romans 8.28 say, Romans 28, 8, said, And we know that God caused all things work together for good to them that love God, 
to them who are the call according to his purpose. Now Mary discovered this through the hard things that our world is suffering for. And I remember the weekend that we came back from the hospital with my son and Maya. My dad, I called our pastor, my father-in-law, I called him dad. He came to our house and he said something. He said, Nehemiah, have a purpose. And all your pain and suffering have a purpose. And all this is going to work for you good. But in those moments that you're suffering, you don't want to hear that. Sometimes you don't want to hear that. And to be honest, I didn't say nothing that day. I remember I, I turned my, my, because I wanted to cry. And you know I hate crying. So I said, you know, I, I'm not going to say nothing. But inside of me, I was confused. I was mad to that statement. Because I say to myself, my son had to suffer to be able to impact people? What is this about? My son had to suffer to be able to be a testimony? And I wanted my kids to have a purpose. I prayed for that since the day they were in my belly. But I didn't want the pain to be involved. I didn't want the needles to be part of the plan. Let's go back to verse 17. So I can breathe a little bit. So the Bible says, Jesus told Mary when she was crying in her worst moment, Jesus said, don't cling to me, Mary. Don't cling to me, but go. Don't cling to me, but go. Jesus was changing on Mary. I'm pretty sure Mary was used to embrace Jesus. But Jesus said, don't cling to me. Don't get comfortable. Jesus was changing the way that she was used to know him. Jesus changed my little plan, and I didn't like it. And Jesus said, and I said to Jesus, I want to serve you. I want my kids to serve you, but in my way, with my preference. I want you to understand this. Next slide, please. Even in the midst of suffering, God's will is being done. Have you ever had Jesus changing things in your life? But we didn't mind when Jesus changed things for our good, right? We didn't mind when he delivered us from oppression, from depression. I didn't mind when Jesus changed my bank account with a new job, with a new car. But when Jesus started changing the routine on Mary, she was crying, she was suffering. Jesus had to change the way of the relationship so Mary can walk into her purpose. Jesus said, don't cling to me. You have done all the cling that you can do. Now it's, it's time for you to walk and what you have been witnessing. All this year you have been with me, Mary. God said, I exposed you into your purpose. Now it's time for you to move. It's time for you to move. When Jesus changed things, he will never, never take you back. He will take you to places that you can never imagine. I can, when I was five years old, without clothes, without bed, I never imagined to be in Delaware today. And Jesus says, don't cling to Mary, but go. Do not, but go. Do not, but go. Do not, but go. But you know what is the thing? That we get stuck in the no, and the do not, and we stop listening because we don't understand why we are being rejected. We don't understand why our prayers are not being listened, why our prayers are not being answered. Why cannot the life can be the way we want the life to be? 
Why I'm not able to buy the house? Why I'm not able to have the job? Why my kid is sick? Why my father is dying right now? But God never say, do not, and then the imperious for Mary. He say, do not, but go. He had an alternative. He had a plan. After all that happened with my son, I, I spent maybe two or three weeks cleaning my house. And I invited a party and Emmy cleaning with me. Because I wanted to be numb. I wanted to be distracted. I didn't want to process my pain. I didn't want to confront my new reality. And sometimes when we hear no, I'm trying not to cry, girl. <laughs> sometimes when we hear the no, we stop listening. When we hear the no, we stop listening and we entertain the no. We entertain the rejection because we don't want to change. We want to entertain the same ways. But Jesus wants us to take us to the next season, to the next level. And Jesus is saying today, you need to, to put your listening ears because I was not done speaking to you. He needs to shift things in your life to show you the magnitude of his glory. Sometimes we stop at the tragedy. We stop at the sickness. We stop at the moment of suffering and nothing gets redeemed. Nothing gets reestablished. And we don't allow hope to come from it. We don't allow joy to come from it. And maybe you don't have a sick child or a husband dealing with MS, but we all go we have those moments when we feel that the whole world stops and everything is done everything is off track and sometimes we feel that God has forsaken you and sometimes we feel that maybe God that is not even paying attention in your life because if he was paying attention he would not allow those things to happen to you but let me tell you something can you put the next slide please it takes a lot of faith to believe that God not only will stop you as no, but he will take you. He will lead you to the goal. But God said, you wait, if you endure, I will show you my glory. And in the process, he will nurture you. He will make you grow. Hebrews 10, 35, 36 say. So do not throw away your confidence, trust in the Lord. Remember the, ray, the great reward it brings you. Patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Jesus shifts Mary into her purpose. If we are not careful, we cannot stay in the same place, but without a purpose. You are going to win in this season in your life. You need to understand that to be able to reach the glory, to be able to see the glory, you may need to go through some suffering. Mary was crying because she thought that in that way, the things will end for Jesus. But Jesus said, Mary, this is the time when the story changed. This is the moment when the story changed for glory and salvation. But he needed Mary to change the way that, he knew, that she knew him. My sister, my brother, the joy is bigger 
that the moment you are standing now. The joy is bigger than the, than the situation that you are facing now. Psalms 35 say, you are, I want you to read this with me. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. I hear God saying, I hear God saying, you need to stop weeping. I'm not finished with you. Even when you feel that the answer is no, I'm working things on your behalf. At the end, Mary went from weeping to preaching. She went from weeping to walking into her purpose. And you can continue to uh, read the, the chapter in Luke. And in verse 21, when she went to tell the disciple that Jesus was alive, the disciples waiting for Jesus. Well, they waited for Jesus. And that same day, they received the Holy Spirit. And what a glorious moment, what a scripted plan that only Jesus knew. And after Mary felt pain, disappointment, rejected, she was able to, to be part of the plan, to be part of, to be an instrument of that beautiful story of glory and redemption. My brothers and my sisters, I'm sorry because I'm not able to uh, pr pray for you after the service and say everything is going to be good in your life. But something I know for sure, that my life never ended up the way that the people thought that would be for my, me and my brothers. My brothers and I, we were the least, the least promising people of my family, of my extended family. But I'm so proud of all my brothers and my sisters. They all have families. They are thriving in life. And my dad now is suffering from a terminal illness. And they have been so compassionate loving things that we learn from our mom and from the church like Scarlet Note. And I have been in the middle of the storms, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of all those long nights I have been crying. My Father in heaven never, never, never had left me alone. He had never disappointed me. On my part, sometimes I had entertained the rejection for more time than I needed. But God had always been there waiting for me, holding me in his arms, showing me mercy, compassion. And we need to understand something. Nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Luke 1.37 says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And sometimes, maybe it will be a no, but wait. Maybe it will be a no, but there is another way. Maybe it be a, a no, but go. So at this moment, I want to pray with you. I don't know what is your struggle, but I know you have a struggle. But it's time for you to turn your back, to you turn back to God. And say, God, do this in your way. God, let me hear what you were trying to say when I stopped you. God, let me hear what you were trying to say, God, when I stopped you. When I stopped you at the no. When I stopped talking to you. You don't have to do, to do this life alone. You have your Father in heaven that loves you. But also you have your scarlet family. They're here waiting for you, to pray for you. And I know it's going to continue to be a lot of struggles in your life. 
unexpected things are going to happen. But trust God. Trust in the process. And allow hope. Allow joy to come from your suffering. Allow suffering to go from weeping, from crying, from tears to joy. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.